where we discuss two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Sometimes giving ourselves the... What is it? Sometimes, <laughs> achieving outstanding pairings. Sometimes, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings, sometimes. but other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouth. Here we are, week two <laughs> of All Horror October. Of course, I'm here, Joe Hilliard, joining me every week. Dave Gurney? And oh shit, she's back. It's Kaylee Diaz. <laughs> hey, how's it going? So happy you're here. Yeah. You and I got to go see a movie together. Uh, yeah, and it wasn't a date this time because my husband was there. Yeah, I know. Or, I mean, it, it could Bummer. have been. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, come on. I'm a, <laughs> Monogamy in this economy? Who cares? Yeah, right. <laughs> that, throw all that tradition out the window when it comes to it. Well, Kaylee, you saw two of the three movies we're going to discuss this week. David, yeah. you and I, of course, saw all three of them. Let's completely get some beer in our glasses as fast as we can. Do you mind? No, we got to. We got to get moving. You know, in all horror October, this is our fourth annual. Every single time prior to now, we have had at least one from Drecker Brewing Company. And oh. this year, it is no exception. The main reason being that they put out horror-themed beers every year they around do, this They time. do like playing around with the, uh, the the sort of ghastly, ghostly We things, had that yeah. brains in several different <laughs> flavors. Right. That slushy. Yeah. Uh, that was such a good... Those were always, always great. Always good, yeah. And so we have a lot of expectations for this beer today. Today, it is ectogasm. And while that doesn't completely <laughs> relate to our first movie that we're talking about, if you could see this can art, you would know we are on the right track. There is a ghoul. There are some skeletons. There is some power from beyond the grave yeah, being they, exhibited. And that does kind of tie in with the movie we're talking about. This is an IPA. The can says it's a juicy, hazy, and soft New England IPA brewed with citra and mosaic hops. They say it's very roasty malt and the, using a house yeast plus some other yeast. But they don't tell you the yeast. The ABV on this is... Dun, 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 dun. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Unlisted. It's endless ABV. Right, it's um, infinity ABV. So it was nice knowing you guys. <laughs> it's seven percent. Oh, did you oh, find it? Nice. It's right above the barcode. Well there done, you go. Seven percent ABV. So let's crack this open. Get it in our yeah. glasses because uh, David, this is our annual new release. I know, episode. right? It's a challenge for us to contain new releases in a single episode in All Horror October. In fact, so tough this time that we actually have to cram a third one in. Yeah. It, there was some, and we're, we're even leaving stuff off. Like, I mean, we, we never did uh, talk to me. We could have included that. That was a few months Both back. of us saw that movie. Yeah. We did, yeah. Maybe we can talk about it in After Hours. I <laughs> happily do so. I think, and I think we've made referred to it obliquely. But, you know, the, the bottom line is there's been a bunch of horror coming out. There's still more to come, but we're obviously not going to be able to see into the future to do that now. Um, but we're going to try to take on three of the most recent releases that are somewhat still out in theaters. Two of them pretty strongly. One of them, I think, is probably on its way out at this point. At least it is in our market. It had to be cleared out because two <laughs> big ones came since it came right. out. Right. And that's actually where we're headed right now. Although we're, we're also omitting one that we should probably talk about um, oh. after hours. I'm talking about The Nun 2 there. Mm -hmm. We're not addressing The Nun <laughs> 2. No. So, yeah. Well, before we get going, if you don't mind, we saw in 2023 for the show. Evil Dead Rise, just a reminder. Yeah. Renfield, Cocaine Bear, which I'm putting in horror category. It has m moments. Yeah. Megan. Yep. And that's all the horror that we've done on the show that's new in 2023 yeah. since the year began. Some great stuff in there, though. We really like that Evil Dead. We really liked uh, Megan. So, yeah. Megan's, Megan gets better every time you watch it. <laughs> you've, you've repeated. I, I have. Wow. I haven't seen it yet. It's very fun. Cool. Well, the film that we're going to start off with is the one that was released earliest among these ones that we're going to be talking about this episode. Um, and that's, that's the one that's kind of not 
probably on too many screens at this point, though it's maybe still kicking around there in larger markets. This is It Lives Inside. It's a 2023 <laughs> uh, supernatural horror um, coming to us from first-time feature filmmaker Bishal Dutta, I, th- I believe would be the pronunciation. I, I apologize, uh, Mr. Dutta, if, uh, if I've messed that up. Uh, but uh, here, giving us the story of Sam or Samira, an American high school student who is obviously Indian American, lives with her family, her, her parents who are who were born and raised in India and sort of bringing their culture and traditions there um, versus her who, you know, is a, a sort of second generation immigrant who is who is here in the States for all of her upbringing for the most part. And her experience at school when the one other Indian girl in school seems to have this strange affliction yeah. where she's you know, carrying a jar. And unkempt. Unkempt, right. Like yeah. a terrible condition. You know something's wrong with this this right. girl. People are scared of her in the in the school. They make mention of it. And she's always carrying this jar and kind of tapping it. And but apparently we we learn through character dialogue that her Sam and uh and this other girl, Tamira, had been friends and uh had sort of drifted apart. And they were best friends. Right. Once upon a time. Right. And Tamira actually approaches Sam to seek help with this problem that she has, this jar, this thing that she says needs to be contained and she needs to sort of take care of. She's feeding it, right? She's feeding it raw meat. Instead of helping her, it turns into a little bit of a dispute between the two. Sam inadvertently breaks a jar. And from there on out, in short order, Tamira goes missing. Sam starts to experience some distressing things and she starts to realize that maybe she has released something out into the world and, you know, her quest to find out what it is and mm-hmm. uh, and and solve that problem is kind of what drives the film. We are a spoiler podcast every week, so let's just yeah. say it out loud. There is something in that jar. Does yeah. it, and this is the film I haven't seen yet. Correct. So. Yeah. Did you see the trailer? I'm, I'm curious. No. Does this we, ring well, any bells? When, when y'all the, asked. The clinking of the glass is the thing I remember from the trailer. Just like the, one of those things that it carries you. Ting. No, this ting. one was completely off my radar. But just from your description, I'm just picturing Johnny Depp with a jar of dirt going like, I've got a jar of dirt <laughs> running around the whole movie like and feeding it meat. But uh, so far, it sounds like something I, I would watch and I probably will watch. But <laughs> it. Okay, first of all, I love the idea that we are focusing on an Indian-American kind of cast. Yeah. And lore and culture. Yeah. I don't know if the demons or or thing that is in this jar that is uh, attacking first the friend and now Sam are real Indian lore. I don't, I don't know that. I think they're actually playing on um, – once they identify or she, she comes to realize it's a – a pisach, okay. uh, that this is an actual, the concept of a flesh-eating demon okay. in uh, Hindu, okay. Hinduism. So, and I love the idea of being able to address a, a girl of Indian descent trying to mainstream herself mm-hmm. and be a little more, you know... Blend in. Uh, to, yeah, yeah, abandoning some yeah. of those uh, things that her well, mom it's certainly... Setup. It's a great setup. Yeah. And then when... When she needs help and goes yeah. to her mother and tells her mother this is happening, the mom knows what the pisash is yeah. and helps her ultimately, I think, defeat it. Kind of. Right. Well, she doesn't quite defeat it. I, I think we're supposed to believe that she's sort of internalized it. That okay. she's it the holder within, of it. It's no it longer. Lives within right. her. We're, we're totally spoiling all it this. Lives but inside. yeah. Because they're feeding her the meat at the end. Remember, it's her sitting there at That's the table. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, she yeah. needed. Yeah. She, right. 
Yeah. Because we see her friend, as you say, open the jar very timidly, quickly, and put yeah. a piece of meat in there and close it, and then the jar cracks. Yeah. That's when she goes looking for Sam's help. Sam says, no, I right. don't want anything to do with this Indian shit, and throws <laughs> the jar on the ground. Yeah. I loved the acting and the performance of our lead. Yeah. Megan Suri. I thought she was incredible. I can't wait to watch her career blossom as I hope that it does, as I would say that it deserves to. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And that's the positive. I, I was going to say, I'm, I, I can sense already well, that's a turn. The positive. But, but I think we're actually going to align pretty closely. Okay. On well, this what, one. Did you, what did you like about it? Very similarly, I thought the basic concept intrigued me. The trailer itself, I liked. The idea that we're going to have primarily an Indian American cast uh, that is sort of exploring some of the the issues of otherness and sort of being cast in the margins of society and how we can kind of externalize that and, and work through it in horror. I mean, it's a thing that we've seen, right? I mean, this was actually advertised as being from the producers of Get Out, right? You know, the idea that, okay, we can work through these issues and race and ethnicity and whatnot by externalizing them and in like treating them like monsters or, right. or monstrous acts. I think it's I think it's an interesting uh, thing that's been done more subtly in the past. And now we're able to do maybe a little more forthrightly, which sometimes I think really yields some great results. Get out. I'm a big fan of. Right. It lives inside. I like well enough, but I do think it kind of. I think it loses its traction as it goes along. I think the opening is great. I, I think you you set up that situation where you have these two friends who've drifted apart and there's sort of the mystery of, well, why did they drift apart? Why is this one? It, like you said, Joe, she's almost overcompensating at the beginning of the film where she's really trying to shave off all the Indian edges of yeah, her Yeah, she's person. going after the uh, most popular white boy in school. Right. That's, you know, that's her yeah. love interest target. <laughs> right. White boys. Exactly. No good? Right? Sorry, friends. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Our movie dates in the future have just been ruined. <laughs> I mean, good. <laughs> that's, then mission accomplished. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, but, but realistically, right? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, she's doing everything she can to hide her Indianness and to like sort of push it away. And here's this friend that's this sort of like this anchor that's that's not letting her escape that. That's reminding everybody that she's something else and yeah. that, you know, is still part of it. So I thought that was great. You got me. That's fantastic. That's a fantastic way to kind of uh, bring that through story to me, that that sort of feeling mm -hmm. that somebody might have that, you know, like, oh, you're exposing this thing about me. And then, it, you know, when it turns and it really becomes more about the sort of searching for a solution to this demon that's sort of haunting her, still the metaphor of it works really well. Like this idea that this like Indianness is something she can't escape. And right. no matter the more she would try to deny it, the more that it's going to just insinuate itself and it's going to and it's going to be part of her existence and it's going to be a worse problem if she doesn't just address it head on. Loved all that. But the dramatic tension of it died down significantly for me as we got into that sort of main, you know, second act of the film. It didn't feel like things got ratcheted up quite enough and in quite enough ways. There were some good moments, right? There's the moment uh, with the the boy getting, what would we call that, like twisted up? Yeah. In, in, on the by an unseen. By this unseen right. force, right? Wait, he gets twisted up? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's swinging on a swing in a playground. Uh-huh. 
and then the I have a swing set in my house. This well, I don't think you have to worry about this force, okay. but the force that that hurts this dude uh-huh. kills him uh, okay. after he kisses our lead. Here. I mean, maybe he should have kept his lips to himself. Was that a consenting kiss? Is this a sleeping? It was definitely no, it was a consenting. Kiss. Kiss. Oh, okay. she was that wasn't what was being policed. Okay, I mean, <laughs> although you, context, you know, context. in a slasher film, it makes perfect sense. So was this a very um. I mean, as the person who didn't see it, was yeah. this a very American horror story? Not um, not American horror story. I mean, I've watched Indian horror before. Yeah, I have. I not. mean, there's I, a I collection cannot... on Netflix right now. Actually, oh, yeah? I want to say it's on Netflix. So I've I've seen horror shows, movies, yeah, film pieces from India, and it does have a very distinctly different feel than American horror. So I was just curious if this felt more like an Indian cast in an American film, or if this felt like an Indian film, Indian actors. It's a good question, Kaylee. To me, it felt like fitting an Indian American story into a relatively American film. Uh Yeah. I am not as versed in Indian horror, and it would be interesting to see some examples and if maybe there's elements of it that I wasn't recognizing. Yeah, that yeah. Play there. I mean, as long as it wasn't straight up Bollywood. I mean, no, it wasn't that. <laughs> it wasn't that for sure. They, they all break out in song and dance. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. No, there's none of that. Okay, so at the beginning, we see the friend holding this jar, and then she's walking home, and then King. First of all, cinematography is great in this movie mm-hmm. too. Ching, close up of her backpack. That's dripping blood. But when she gets home, it's a piece of meat, like a piece of steak. And it's a tiny piece of steak. And if I took a piece of steak out of the grocery store wrapper (laughs) and put it in my backpack, it's not going to bleed red horror blood. It might get juicy. But <laughs> right, you know, I might it might slough off yeah, some yeah, liquid, yeah. but it's not horror blood. Yeah, and to me, this film suffers for two things. Number one, it is PG thirteen, and the PG thirteen ness of it hurts this movie. This movie rated R, where they could go a little further with some of the scares and gore and whatever, might have been a better movie. Number two, when you get a glimpse, a good glimpse, mm-hmm. daylight glimpse almost of the creature. You see it in all of its glory. It is cheesy and horrible. And, you know, it's scary. It would be scary if it it landed in my living room. I wouldn't want to get in a fight with it. Yeah. But for horror movie, it's causing all of this. I was very, very underwhelmed. Mm. (laughs) As I said, I don't know that I have as much trouble. I I didn't find the creature, the demon, to be that disappointing necessarily but i don't remember it also i don't it doesn't stand out as something that was revelatory right. and like exciting so so i i can understand where you're coming from there at least in that it didn't come off as a as a great feature of the film mm-hmm. like i said i think i was just so excited by the basic premise that when it couldn't get me involved dramatically in yeah. the way i wanted it to once it got chugging along it felt like a disappointment you know what you said about the cinematography is right I think the film looks great. I think that it sounded good. Mm-hmm. I think the performance you've already highlighted, um, you know, our, our main character here, played by Megan Surrey, uh, does a wonderful job. It surely does. I think in general, the cast is good. I think it just had, honestly, I think it's more about the pacing of the, of the way the action went. And I think to a certain extent, like you said, Joe, not being able to maybe push as far with some of the thrills to really kind of get under my skin in a way that, you know, we're going to be talking about a couple films after this that I think both in their own ways di- did, did that at job. various moments okay. because it could, you know, because they pushed it to the R and yeah. they, and they, and they didn't worry about that, but I can understand from the filmmaker's perspective here, you know, and I'm, you know, putting intent in Duda's mind here, but you know, I imagine going for a PG 13, going for this, you're hoping you're going to bring in more of a, 
broader audience. Right. And I think this is a film that teenagers could benefit from seeing, right? I mean, I think okay. the messages in there about outsiderness and and these things that we try to hide about ourselves and how they really manifest in these other ways. And, you know, I think there's enough there that it's really kind of cool. I think this would work really great as a YA novel or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, the, the story kind of grabs me that way. But <laughs> <laughs> I just picture because every YA novel is like, oh, I have to choose between this hot guy and that hot guy. <laughs> Which hot guy am I going to choose? It's a better quality YA <laughs> uh, One other little tiny thing. The guy that's uh, almost pursuing her, uh -huh. the, the white bread dude I was talking mm -hmm. about, takes her to a field party where there's music and wants to dance with her. Oh, yeah. And does this thing. Hey, let's dance. So and she doesn't want to dance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, come on. Let's dance. And he starts dancing. <laughs> really white guy dancing oh yeah this is why i don't like white guys it was not a good scene <laughs> now, it, it was not he was not seducing her in this moment but it was well, played I, as if he was no you're right joe you that was and i honestly now that you're bringing that up it, as trivial as it kind of seems that was one of those moments where i felt the movie lose its grip on me a yeah. little bit where i'm just like what the hell yeah this isn't cool <laughs> <laughs> so um do can we have the demon back please do you feel that maybe like were they having to explain a lot of like uh like what the monster was do you think that uh, it was that might have bogged it brief down? exposition yeah. over the course of the movie because as she begins to understand uh -huh. it she can bring in her mom for example okay. like i said to give her some more information because right, i remember yeah. oh go ahead because it really is part of like hindu mysticism or whatever yeah. and that you know it was something her mom knew about right. or it was something so yeah yeah because so, I've seen some other films like uh, that will reference like jinn and genies and stuff like that, oh, which yeah. is very that's in Islamic sure. lore. But we already know what genies are. So like now we've already got this ideology or like yeah. this idea of what it is. And now I'm just applying it to like Islamic belief or, mm -hmm. you know, that background. So I didn't know if this is a monster that we could have related to if we had an, an Americanized version. Well, that's in, I, I don't know if that or if it bogged it down. But it's a good point that you're making. I mean, it is a unique demon i mean the the way it's described is that it like feeds off of negative energy okay and can kind of like my god it would thrive at my house yeah, it thrives on isolation okay right. so. that, that's ver verbally yes. spoken about okay. that, right and and so part of it you know like this the idea of these indian um you know migrants bringing mm -hmm. it with them to this other place where they're isolated right it's yeah. gonna feed off of their isolation yeah, once they're in sense. that place yeah so it's it's again like conceptually mm -hmm. this is a really cool thing and i don't think it's totally blown but it's just seeing a what i think of as a really top-notch premise mm -hmm. not get the full development that i think yeah. it's deserving of and so i feel like it's not gonna and it hasn't it didn't end up blowing up for audiences yeah. i think it did like modest business at the box office right what i hope is that it becomes a calling card i hope that you know everybody involved in it gets to do more work i agree and we see their games kind of get elevated it'll be interesting to see what dutta does after this mm -hmm. because again i think conceptually awesome stuff Love to see him execute on some other things and see what happens there, you know? I'm not suggesting that people see this unless oh. they're curious for specific reasons and maybe that they want to see this lead actress or maybe they're curious about the Indian-American assimilation and culture. That would be interesting. Uh, otherwise, I this is a skip. Yeah, I, I don't know about full-on skip, but I feel like this it's mostly out of theaters at this point. I think this is one that if you saw on a streamer, and you wanted to check it out. I think it's only 90 minutes, right? It, it was, tight, yeah. yeah, it was a tight one. I think you're not going to feel totally waste, like you've totally wasted your time. Have you totally wasted your time with this Drekker <laughs> ectogasm? 
It's got such a good name, such great can art, and we've loved a lot of what we've had from Drecker, especially during these all-horror October episodes. What do you think of this hazy IPA? Whenever we make that trek up to Fargo, North Dakota for our uh, Drecker episodes here, I find that the trip is almost always rewarded with fantastic beverages. Mm -hmm. And I have to say this is another one of those. Yeah. I, For me, I mean – I, this is an IPA, yeah, and and I kind of appreciate that it's a low frills IPA. I love the flavor that they're getting here. What were the hops again? It was Citra and Mosaic. Okay, of course, Citra and Mosaic. So you're getting those citrusy notes. It's dank. It's 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 somewhat. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it is right. You no, know? it's got some malt in there. It's and I I think uh, if you're an IPA drinker, I think you're gonna like this one. If you don't like IPAs. I don't think you're going to like this. Beer. Yeah, it's probably because this is a very textbook. I mean, it is. This is, uh, and I don't mean that in a. I liked it. Despite that? I don't know. It Could didn't taste like pineapple. Maybe I'm just Okay, not, used... it doesn't have the pineapple. Yeah, notes. maybe I'm just getting used to beer. I don't know, but but this wasn't. <laughs> but you're getting. Do, do you get some, like, kind of fruity notes from the hops? Was no? I supposed to use the big glass or the little know. glass? You can use it doesn't glass matter. You want, Kaylee. It doesn't seem very fruity to me. Okay. But I don't. I mean, I, not did, super I did just have a Reese's though because there was a <laughs> bowl. There, there was a bowl on well, the counter. There was a bowl of Reese's peanut butter yeah. cups, so that can wreck your palate a little bit. No, I agree with you, Kelly. I like this one very, very much, and I would recommend it. I always kind of see these though when I see them on the shelf at Liquid Town, usually uh -huh. as gimmicky because of that horror element. But the brains that we've yeah. had, and this one, I should just be picking up a little more often because they're delicious. And yeah, the art is pretty cool on the front. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we've got plenty more to talk about. We sure do. I got a lot more to say. Jigsaw is back. What? How did that happen? We'll tell you when we get back. <laughs> Jigsaw is back. And we're back. Welcome back. Back and ready for some more beer and ready for another film. So let's get that beer going. And Joe, you, you've brought something nice to the table here uh, from Martin House, a brewery that we have visited many times in the past. This is a beer that they call Darkness Falls. It's described as a coconut milk stout. It's in their barrel age series. It is aged three months in fresh rum barrels, in fact. And they say this imperial milk stout was brewed with shredded coconut and vanilla bean. In this case, it yields a 9.8% ABV concoction that we're about to experience here. And there's kind of like a an evil or ghostly pirate with a like with a severed beard. head that mm -hmm. he's holding. And they, I mean, this is folks, this is some nefarious business going on on this can. And obviously, it's nefarious business going on throughout all horror October. So fits very well, I think, with, with what we're going for. I'm going to crack it open. Yeah, let's, let's see some. how coconutty let's it see is. See if that coconut comes out. And Darkness Falls is the name of another horror film too. So that's an extra little. Oh yeah, I'm getting the coconut for sure. Nothing but nuts. <laughs> Immature, almost like uh, a mounds bar. Uh, oh my god, melted I down in a glass. Love almond joy. Ooh. We're gonna see if uh, if the flavor proves to be just as uh, decadent as the nose on this one. But but so far, Martin Martin House is uh, this is our tenth time for Martin Ooh. House. I was confusing them and ingenious. Okay, 
So yeah, they they joined the illustrious Ten Timers Club. Very Very nice. Nothing but coconut on this nose. Might even exceed that later on in the episode. If we play our cards right. We're spoilers, so yeah, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So John Kramer, a.k.a. Jigsaw, is back. And that's confusing because he clearly died at the end of Saw 3. It's our 10th Saw. I guess if they're not counting the spiral book of Saw in the... Well, I think they do count that. Yeah. They just Do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is the 10th one in the franchise. I guess they're including that one. This one is set between the events of Saw 1 and Saw 2, which explains why this guy is alive in the first place. Right. And he's sick. He's got cancer and he's desperate. He travels to Mexico for a risky and experimental medical procedure in hopes of curing him uh, his brain cancer. He meets a guy, for example, that tells him how he got uh, saved after we were having late-stage pancreatic yeah. cancer. Yeah. And uh, he is convinced that this is a legitimate kind of uh, alternative medicine to uh, for a cancer diagnosis, but he only discovers then that the entire operation is a scam to defraud sick people that take advantage of this uh, quote-unquote procedure. So with a newfound purpose, Jigsaw returns to his work, turning the tables on the con artists in his signature visceral way through a series of ingenious and terrifying traps. Dun, dun, dun. This is what you and I saw today. Yep. Kaylee. <laughs> I feel like you're prompting her there like she may have forgotten that that was... <laughs> oh, Kaylee, I did take a nap this between This was the one we saw earlier. Hey, remember that time? Remember that time when we yeah. saw Saw X yeah. a couple hours ago? Yeah. Okay. I got you a seat and then you sat like in not that seat. We got... <laughs> that was your, that your husband. That was awkward. Okay, listen. <laughs> I wasn't going to be sandwiched between you and my husband, so I made Anthony sit in the middle. I don't blame you, but I, I, Anthony presented it that the next two seats were our seats, so I sat in the one that made sense, and then all of a sudden there was this blank spot seat between us, and then I thought, well, do I get up and go sit in the blank seat? Oh, am I dying to sit this close to yeah. Anthony? I mean, otherwise, I just had a whole table to myself. You're, and... you're lucky it wasn't a jigsaw trap. Like, you, oh, my you God. Is that what, uh, that's when the, uh, that's the seat yeah. closes you in. Like, <laughs> anyway. mm-hmm. I am not, and we talked about this. If you go back to episode 143, we did Saw and Spiral together. Right. right. I think I said back then, I'm sure, I mean, if I was being honest, I'm sure I was. I'm not the biggest Saw guy. I know I saw the first one in the theater. Uh-huh. I watched again for that episode i think i saw the second one in the theater and then i think i dropped off uh kayla yeah. are you huge into saw um so the first saw i don't remember the year it came out but I'm, i, I want to say i was like in high school yeah. when it first came out and it was a big shock factor for us like the whole like genre wasn't really known to my small town at the time like mm-hmm. you know not that this is 100 percent like torture porn but um well, just kind of this this bodily harm yeah. and so yeah i was like into it enough that it was like oh this is edgy and cool And then, fun fact, the night that I self-invited, or I guess invited myself to Anthony's place for the first time, he was, like, watching Saw in his boxers. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, oh, watching a scary movie in my boxers. I was like, cool, I'm on my way. And invited myself over. And we watched Saw. So, I mean. Did he put pants on before you got there? He did put on. He did put on pants. Anthony was going to be on the episode with us. He was. I was going to tell that story when he was here. Well, and and you had mentioned, I remember, or he did on the Mm -hmm. chat that, like, 
he was most interested in the saw yeah film of, of the ones yeah. we were doing so he's a fan of the franchise he, he's more of a fan than i am um i will say that for halloween one year i did dress up the family we do family costumes mm-hmm. um and at the time my son was like probably third grade ish somewhere around there and he wanted to be scary he really wanted to be scary and he had a tricycle and so I made him Billy the Billy puppet, the puppet. And wow. I made myself a reverse bear trap headpiece. <laughs> and Anthony wore a wow. pig mask with the wig and a trench wow. coat. And our neighbors told us they were going to call CPS because it was disturbing. <laughs> I have pictures. <laughs> it's not a great build of either of those things, but we. It's one of those Halloweens when you're really broke, but you're trying to make everything like as memorable as possible. Well, I mean, you obviously and, did well enough to get I mean, some neighbors to threaten CPS we on you. Yeah. Right. yeah, it was very obvious what we were being, and um, we still talk about it all the time. So, you know, other than that, no, I'm not. I kind of fell off at like four or five. Okay, but okay. you had seen that many. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd okay. seen a few. You, you knew some of the the drama of Kramer and these apprentices. Yeah. but every and, time yeah. we just say Kramer, uh, I think of the I think of Kramer. <laughs> okay, like bursting but in the you door. Can, but you can't. You, you can't say jigsaw because jigsaw is like this amorphous uh, mm-hmm. presence that's out there that it, you know that the yeah. apprentices can fill. So, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yes, Kramer yeah, yeah. is a funny Kramer. I, I think you know you can go back to whatever that was episode 143. You said mm-hmm. Joe. I've never proclaimed myself the the greatest saw fan right. of all time. Um, I've seen more, I think, than you have. I definitely had seen the first one, two, three, probably. Mm-hmm maybe dabbled somewhere in there and saw maybe the sixth one randomly at some point on cable, but then, you know, didn't really dive back in until spiral for when we were doing it for the show. Right. And, so, and which is a very different kind of one-off right. project in this franchise. And you got Chris Rock in it. And I, I just remember <laughs> not liking it very much. I, I actually did like it a mm-hmm. bit, but you know, I'm, I'm easier to please. We're, we're going to find out how easy to please I am shortly. I okay. Think. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, okay. Okay. So let's get into whether or not we were pleased with this new song. Well, that's I'll get I'll get there myself right now. I was pleased. With I will this. allow it. I'm pleased with this. Okay. I think this is a really good saw film. This version of John Kramer and getting this much time with the character and seeing this particular kind of. I guess, like you say, it's inserted between Saw 1 and Saw 2. So this is a moment within the evolution of this character and, and all that, you know, he kind of goes on to do and that his protégés go on to do. And from that standpoint, I felt like it did a better job than some of those earlier mm-hmm. films at making this a character that I had any interest in. Mm-hmm. I mean, what Kaylee was saying earlier, that the sort of subgenre title that these films were given, torture porn, mm-hmm. you know, kind of that was that moment in time where we were talking about these films that were just doing things to ratchet up yeah. the sort of gruesome, you know, ripping apart of the human body in various elaborate ways. That these... Which would be a very fun brainstorming meeting, I think, to be involved. Oh, I'm sure. I mean... <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. I don't I don't think everybody did this, but when I was the, for the period of my life where I did um role playing games, you know, Dungeons and sure. Dragons and various like there were a few um you know, gatherings, conventions of people who were doing this who I would go and there were a couple games that I really loved playing in part because they were all, 
mostly about coming up with elaborate plans for how you would torture the yeah. enemies of whatever you're doing. We did one based on Smurfs. It was called To Kill the Smurfs. Oh was the game the guy, the guy ran in. It was all like Saturday morning cartoon characters and the whole thing That's was like hilarious. coming up with these, yes, yeah, strange I would play that. So, I, you know. Smurf Town. <laughs> and then also, you know, Wu-Tang uh, and, and their little, uh, you know, interstitial skits talking sure. about torture. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's a long history of like thinking of elaborate torture devices and mechanisms that torture porn just kind of made real or, you know, like it ma made into cinematic uh, yeah. visuals. And that was interesting for what it was. It definitely got me to see those films and it got me kind of interested. But I feel like this film doesn't necessarily belabor the torture devices all that much. I think they're there. It's, you know, it, it's a Saw film, but it's much more character driven and it's much more about these different figures and what they're doing than any of the other films had been. So I was really impressed. And I came out of the theater on this one feeling like, I guess I just had low expectations too. I was mm -hmm. really like, I did not expect to like that film nearly as much as I did. I did like it more than I expected to. Um, I think the Saw movies, like what really kind of, I guess, appealed to me most is that I think there's a distinct point in your childhood where you really have to kind of um, deal with morality when you're learning mm -hmm. right from wrong. And it's like, oh, well, if I don't do it, then it's not wrong. But if I can convince somebody else to do it, <laughs> Or like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. it's one of those like, hey, how do I not put this on my hands? And I feel like while that's that's very much like an overall theme and, and arc that happens in the entire franchise, I feel like it comes up maybe a little bit more in this one. Be like, yeah. I'm not doing it. They're doing it. Right. And I think it's it's said a little bit more like because we're explaining it to these new people. I feel like the other movies got a little convoluted. Like there was just at the end, it was reveal, 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 reveal. Yeah. This person yeah. is doing it. This one, we already knew what some of those people... We knew who Amanda was when she showed up. Although right. she looking old. She does not look... Like, this was supposed to be eight, nine I know. movies ago. Well, I mean... And you I, can't blame her, because, I mean, No, life is it's real. been 20 years. I mean, yeah, like, what are you going to do? But I think with not as age? much money as yeah. they, they have... They didn't Irishman her. No, they, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> she just looked like she had too much work done. Her haircut was ridiculous. Even if the it was, was supposed bad. to be early 2000s. I spent more time looking at her face going, girl, <laughs> what? Because this is also supposed to be post her being a full on addict. And she right. had this a very is after full she face. had her jigsaw experience. Yes. So yeah. this was supposed to be like not too long after that. I'm like, right. You look uh, okay. All right. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think for the most part, it's the same scream, uh, different day, different dialogue. Mm -hmm. um, but I did feel like it was more narrative driven. So I, I enjoyed it more than I expected to probably won't watch it again joe what'd you think i liked it and i liked the first act especially yes mm -hmm. this is when he is confronting his cancer this is when he believes and is told that he has months to live the pathway to how he gets to the mexico treatment treatment facility. center yeah. is is very interesting and every single actor in this movie does a really good job mm -hmm. and i'm not even talking horror movie good they just it's fantastic especially Tobin Bell, mm -hmm. yeah, who, as you say, has not been given this much to do in the franchise in one film. Yeah. He's got real stakes. He he plays it as a real person until he gets double-crossed. Right, right. And that double-cross takes place because after a brain surgery and he's told to take these uh, drugs, then he pieces together that the whole thing was a, a ruse, a charade. Yeah. I had to look away. Uh, yeah, twice. Yeah, I, I was happy you didn't glance over. At oh no, me. I did. I saw you. Oh, did you? I, 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 I had too. my hands on my face, and I wasn't looking 
at two of the traps. The one where she has to cut her own leg off with a piano wire. Or mm. oh, the, the Geely. Bone saw wire. Yeah, it's an yeah. Italian saw. I yeah. think it's Geely. And the other one where the guy had to remove a piece of his own brain. Yeah. Which and I- cut into the skull. and Cutting into bone. Well established on this yeah. podcast. Not my favorite topic. Yeah. And here we get two grisly R-rated. How they're pushing the envelope, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had to not watch that. That specific torture um, was my least favorite, but less so because of the brain part and the the bone crunching, which is a personal ick for me as well. Mm-hmm. But when the piece closed around his head and it was the Talok, or I yeah. can't remember the name of the the deity. That had nothing to do with the brain. The story that they told about that deity was removing the hearts and throwing the hearts. Oh, that's right. And so it was just one of those, I'm like, wait, but the whole mythology that you fed me in the beginning during your tourist, like, taxi ride was all about hearts. And now we're doing brains. Like, I don't know. For me, that was a, it stuck out enough that I'm still thinking about it. I'm like, damn it. It should have been heart related. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I I thought that the traps were simple. Yeah. Uh, they weren't overly complicated. Well, he didn't have a lot to work with. It was a fast turnaround. He wasn't that's expecting right. to do anything. Well, he was, uh, that's he another was question that I wrote down. How did he get all this shit down into Mexico? <laughs> that was another question. Uh, you I cannot. Quickly. I mean, it's, you know. I thought maybe she brought it down, but some of these traps are yeah. very complicated yeah, and large. Definitely. No, Amanda was definitely shipping a lot of that yeah. stuff down Who there. Who made that yeah. mask, though? Like, that guy's an artist. Yeah. I mean. He right? baked his face yeah. in until he died. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, so I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, like, yeah, well, I do. I think w- what you were saying, Joe, like what sold this film for me wasn't the torture. Like they, they deliver there. I'm not saying there's anything. I mean, I've, I've flinched a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely like part of, I don't necessarily have to look away, but I, I tense up and I, you know, th- it is a physical kind of movie watching in a way that very few other films are. So I sort of, I guess I appreciate that on some level because, you know, it just gives me an excuse to get really upset and tensed up that that's like, okay, this is what's making me this upset. Whereas normally I'm just upset and I don't know why, you know, that. so at least I have a a reason for it. But to me, that first act with him getting sort of, uh, you know, defrauded by these people, Cecilia, right? The Pedersen, Mm -hmm. this, Mm -hmm. this, uh, who was fantastic in this movie. Yeah. That lead doctor. Oh, have you seen her in Ragnarok? No, I haven't, but I, people have recommended, and I I saw that she was in that. Mm-hmm. That's like one of her yeah, notable she's a bitch performances in, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. like I, I, I saw her face, and I'm like, I don't like you. Why don't I like you? Oh, because and you I were so good at being it, evil in that. And because she doesn't speak English in that one, so I don't oh, know if it was just interesting. like, a, you know, like, oh wait, where do I know you? Oh, you're the bitch. Okay, <laughs> I got you. So I feel like it came across that first act so effectively that going through the rest of the film just felt very different to me than almost all of the, all the other Saw films mm-hmm. that I can remember. And this is the first one that's international, isn't that right? I think so. That takes it out of yeah. the United States. Mm-hmm. Where the, Yeah, yeah, I think so. Jigsaw yeah. on tour. That's World right. World tour. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we have so many other places to go, I'm sure, right? I mean, the, the, the franchise will only continue from here. I would imagine this yeah. is getting great word of mouth, especially for the franchise. Yeah. I, th- I think it's been doing pretty well, box office-wise. I mean, well enough. I, I, I think we'll, we'll probably be seeing more of these, whether or not they're going to be continuing to fill in these yeah. gap periods between mm-hmm. some of the early films. I don't know. But well, I, I did have a, when we were leaving, I had taken some notes because we were at Alamo, so we had the paper and okay, stuff. Okay, yeah. And um, the little boy, Carlos. Yeah. Yeah. I was 
I put my own foot in my mouth because I was like, hey, what if he grows up to be Detective Shank or Shank, whatever, and that's the, the killer in Jigsaw? Oh, okay. Because I was like, how old is he? He's like, what, maybe like 10? 12. Yeah. 12? Yeah. And that's like 20 years ago? Like, theoretically, he could be a det- No, that guy is a uh, Chinese. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Chinese, Irish, English or something. And I was like, oh, okay. oh damn it. Not him. I just Not knew him. him from A Handmaid's Tale. Oh. Yeah, this is a, a little boy that Jigsaw or, or John Kramer befriends while at the facility getting mm-hmm. treatment helps him fix a bicycle has to learn the word for pull in spanish which is convenient later in the movie uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, but that's just a sweet little scene and this is jigsaw this killer helping a child fix his bicycle but and I, the, I like that where the fuck was his dad and why was he out there playing with the soccer ball in the middle of the well, night his, yeah his dad was the groundskeeper right? yeah. but the house was, that, was abandoned and, no like, I, the door yeah, was yeah, open. I, I, at the end we don't have any idea no. i mean no. I, I was just like wait yeah. what, what's I going asked on the same question another criticism yeah it's a movie i get it is that jigsaw has a master trap for the lead doctor that requires a ruse for her to feel like she's been let free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the only way that all of it works, especially since they're going to put now, they're going to put Kramer yeah. and a Jerry. No, no, hold on. Kramer and the uh, Seinfeld thing and the, <laughs> oh, yeah. and the little boy on a uh, seesaw waterboarding bloodboard uh, jigsaw on a seesaw jigsaw yeah. on a seesaw with his little boy that he made friends with and they're getting waterboarded with blood. Yeah. Where'd the blood come from? I don't know. I, there's a lot of pigs in Mexico. Sure, sure, sure. sure. You could you could get a couple a couple hundred gallons easily. Of blood, yeah, yeah, if you needed to in Mexico. Next Monday. Oh my gosh, the chupacabras just donated all their goats blood. There you sure, go. could have. Yeah. I mean, Jigsaw, I imagine, goes to those conventions. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I saw, I saw him. Jigsaw and a chupacabra have traded business cards. Yeah. Okay. But they're free, and the only way they, they, being the lead doctor and her lover, who they try to trick Jigsaw into thinking is a victim mm-hmm. and. It turns out that Jigsaw knew everything all along and knew that they would go up into the office and pull a money bag, which would start a brand new trap. And I don't like that. I don't like that in the universe that you've created, if they said, let's get the fuck out of here and just mm-hmm. left, the ruse would have been up. And he needed that to happen so that all the... Yeah, but well, the greed, no. that was the... He knew the, the they greed They weren't going to leave was, without the money. There was no way they could leave without the money. Right. Yeah. I mean, I. but was the money just a backup plan, though? Because, I mean, he's always got a backup plan for a backup plan. He's got to yeah. have other plans that just that never got That's a good point, used. Kaylee. Even well, they had was, escapable handcuffs. Well, yeah, but, I mean, Anthony and I actually discussed this afterwards because I was like, this man's... I mean, you can't argue. He's a genius. He's he's an artist with what he's doing, yeah. whether mm-hmm. or not it's nefarious. But he's got to have secret traps or secret ways to get out of stuff. Good point. Because when um, there was a specific scene, and it made me think of a conversation I had with my dad when I was younger, never bring like a weapon or have a weapon that you're not prepared to defend yourself against. If you have a gun, like you better know how to use Somebody that gun. Somebody can take it off. Somebody yeah, can take right, it and right. use it against you. Like when I was younger, I kept wasp spray when I was a single mom living on my own. Yeah. Because wasp spray, you can shoot 20 feet and blind somebody nobody's going to grab the wall spray and be like, oh, I'm going to get this girl. Like, yeah. Because the girl had pepper spray in the bathroom. I was thinking about that. Right. Then we go to the end and he had the quick release button. I was like, he's got to have some kind, some kind of mechanism that would let him out of stuff. But I do think with that seesaw thing, I think the room, the upstairs room was just a backup because he knew that the other guy wasn't actually a patient. As soon as they saw those yeah. bank statements, they would have seen that no money had been transferred right. from the other His guy. Account. Right, right, So right. he had a place for two. Mm. The kid was inconvenient, but if it wasn't the kid, it would have been Amanda. 
Yep. So I think the other one is backup, but I think it was a better backup, and I like that they both died. You're right, Kaylee. He's a genius. He's a genius. He's a genius. Real I, man. I, a genius. I liked this movie <laughs> a, a lot. And at the end of our next review, I will reveal which is my favorite of the three that we watched this week. But but clearly, this is so far better. I'm recommending Saw X if you are a horror film <laughs> right, fan. Right, you've if said it lives inside. In the, skip it. No, skip that. Yeah. But Saw X, I'm 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 recommending, knowing that you're going to have some logical traps to work through in your mind that you're ultimately going to have to release. I agree. I I would say anybody who has had any level of appreciation for the Saw franchise before this. This is a good you, one. You should see this one. Even if you jumped off, you know, whatever, at Saw 3 yeah. and thought, okay, I've had enough of this. This is one that's actually kind of worth revisiting and and might bring you around, at least on Tobin. But I mean, I feel like this is going to end up being Tobin Bell's like best performance, he, right? He was it, so it, good at it. He, he is great. Yeah. I, I, on any standard, the acting of him in this movie is excellent. Yeah. yeah. So so I think, I think it's worth seeing for that, you know, on... To that end, even if you're somebody who was put off by the torture porn thing initially, but think like you could do a little more character driven version of that, this might be a film to check out. But I looked away twice. Hey, I I just discovered that my new jacket, my new little sweater thing that I picked up is the perfect horror movie thing. It has a hood so I can like cover up my face and my arms can go in the body so I can cuddle inside of it. Right. Yeah. The poster shows some kind of trap with tubes going on to eyeballs. Yeah. And that trap was at the very beginning. He, while in the hospital, witnesses a custodian yeah. uh, attempting to steal a watch and a ring and right. some cash from the drawer of a guy that's a patient, unconscious yeah, at yeah. the hospital. And he, we see that he has taken this guy and put super suction tubes on his eyeballs and all he has to do is turn a dial with his left hand his right hand is connected to things on each fingertip and as he turns the dial one of his fingers breaks and he knows that if he turns the dial all the way he's gonna have to break all of his fingers to stop the suction from occurring i feel like that's the least worst of all of it yeah (laughs) once i figure it out i'm gonna just break all five of my fingers real quick and i'll be done yeah yeah but he doesn't get there and his the suction ramps up and boop his eyeballs yeah. pop out, go through the tubes, and lay down. That was fucking hilarious. That was, <laughs> that was a fun. We laughed a couple saw times. trap. Yeah. It turns out that it was all in Jigsaw's mind of yeah. what I would do to this guy. The guy sees that he's being observed and puts the thing back. And right. G- Jigsaw says, "You made the right you choice." The right, yeah. yeah. Oh, before we actually end this discussion. Yeah. So when he sends out the email where he's like, "Hey, um, you know, I, I'm interested." And yeah. he puts in his email and his phone number. You can email and call that phone oh. number. And if you call the phone I'm interested number. interested in the uh, uh, the cancer treatment? Yeah, like yeah. With yeah. the Peter- whatever.net is yeah. no longer a website. There's, okay. there's nothing there. Uh, okay. But if you email, uh, it's like Kramer John 733 or something, whatever. Yeah. It'll email you back. And it'll be like, hey, I'm traveling. I'm out of the country for a couple of weeks. And if you call... It is his voice and he's talking to you. And then there's a texting game you can do after that. It's like, hey, if you're interested in playing a game, this is, you know, text me (laughs) at this number. And it becomes, it's a Lionsgate um, interactive text game. Very clever, Lionsgate. I mean, uh, it is KramerJohn994 at gmail.com. There we go. I have the phone number right here because I called it earlier. How funny. Yeah. I'm looking that well, up Well, folks, if you want to play a game, you got a game waiting for you. I'd like to play f- a game. The phone number is 310-564-8144. How and fun. you can text or call. 
Wow. All right. A very yeah. different beer than our first one. Absolutely. Going from like a very textbook kind of, well, textbook, you know, a, a very straightforward IPA to something that's got all those kind of bells and whistles here, right? These An adjunct, a prominent adjunct that's barrel aged, getting close to 10% alcohol. This is one of those, you know, heavy, complicated beers mm-hmm. that we have to uh, sift through occasionally. How do you feel coming out of this? Uh, this is a glass of art. <laughs> this lactose, the milk stout, the vanilla, the coconut, the odor, the, the aroma. Oh, sure. say. The odor. The odor. I spell it with a U. <laughs> oh, it's French and fancy now. It, it makes it fancy. French the aroma, fancy. the texture, the taste, the coconut, the chocolate, it's all there and it's all delicious. This is this is lovely. I like it until the finish. So I like the way it smells. Mm-hmm. Um, if my house smelled like that, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind. Um, coconut and chocolate. Come I, on. It, would it be the mouthfeel? When I first take a sip, I'm like, oh, yes, this tastes just like it smells. And then you go to like put it down the hatch and some carbonation. It kind of hurts a little bit, like your lower jaw. It's got like a little bit of a. It's rye, right? Yeah, it is. It's like a really strong rye. It's a rum barrel. Uh, rum barrel. Rum Rum barrel. barrel. Yeah. It's almost like the taste I get when I when I eat rye bread. That's why I was like, is it like is it rye stuff? Um, Well, I think I I think it has to probably do with the malts there. But I I kind of get what you're saying. I mean, it's a carbonation hit. There is. There's a carbonation hit, but then it kind of like leaves there. To me, I get like a little bitterness that kind of just stays on my tongue. You know, my mind sort of makes sense of that as like a dark chocolate. It's got like a okay. slight bitter note there mm-hmm. and that's kind of where, but I, you know, I, I can see it being too much for. Yeah, no, it's just like a little, like a little pinprick on my jaws, mm-hmm. but ah. I get, but I feel that when I have a super sour candy too. Yeah. So I don't know if I've just got like a, a, a nerve that's hooked up wrong. Well, a sensitive palate. Yeah. I mean, that's, yes. that, that's not necessarily being. Sophisticated even. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely sophisticated <laughs> without question. Sophisticated. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I'm a little more with Joe. I think this one delivers on the, the description that it has. You know, th- this is what I think of when I think of coconut milk stout. I do think it is not as sweet as I might have worried it was going to be. That's right, with, that, the, with the aroma. Going into it, I was like, ooh, this could end up being like chocolate syrup in a glass right. and I'm going to just feel like – but actually it kind of dries out and I think, you know, maybe what Kaylee's talking about at the back end, I kind of find almost like a saving grace kind of mm. – it it dries out enough that then I'm not left like that feeling that I have just like sweet, sticky fluid hanging out in my mouth. It just That's kinda... on my keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> it, it should be, Joe. Yeah. I have nothing. Yeah. Sweet, have nothing. sweet, sticky fluid. Okay. <laughs> I think you you were gonna cut out the part where we explain the keyboard, so now that's uh, gonna who, be out of context. Who knows context. what's gonna make it in the episode? We, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Joe's gonna have fun editing this one. Where are we headed? <laughs> we're going to visit a sequel to what many call the scariest movie ever made. After this break. Joe, the new horror, the, this is the time of year where, where you just want it kind of streaming in and, you know, flowing like that river of evil that courses through all horror October. And just like that river, we're going to have a beer that pays homage to the river Kokitas. 
this is a uh, river from Greek mythology that sort of along with uh, w- w- what were some of the others? Um, uh, the, Sticks. The Sticks, right? W- which, uh, you know, Domo El Regato. Uh, we <laughs> <laughs> the the progressive rock band is what it is. but uh you know you there know, are five rivers of the greek underworld there we go sticks Le- i'm gonna mispronounce these leth l-e-t-h-e yeah. archeron phlegathon and Kokitos. right Kokitos. so Kokitos comes to us from martin house so we're 11 times on this wonderful podcast and we've amped it up, right? Because if you remember in the second segment of this episode, we did Darkness Falls, which was their coconut milk stout. It was, what, 9.8%. This, folks, is a rye whiskey barrel-aged imperial stout that locks in at 13.9%. Joe, we're back. Where This is back in the days of when Carlos said that we couldn't have any beers that were under like 12%. Right. You it's know. all water under 10. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're, Carlos. We're... we're <laughs> Yeah, no, he, he, he's come down back to earth, oh. but yeah, no, they, he had a moment where he was Icarus. Uh, they, <laughs> they described this as being brewed with a variety of specialty malts, Columbus hops, and brown sugar aged four to five months in those fresh rye whiskey barrels. So rye. we'll see if here's there's going to be some here. rye here. Here's my rye. Um, rye. Oh, rye. my rye. I was like, my ride? I'm driving. <laughs> You're out of here. You're not doing this segment. Like, with Jesus, it. you call me an Uber? <laughs> with cacao nibs. This has got a lot going for it, Joe. I'm I'm really excited. Martin House always gets me excited. But this one, 13.9% Kokitas. Let's get in our glasses. Yeah. And yeah. Pouring like motor oil. This, is, this oh. looks delicious. The yeah, rye barrels. We just have the rum barrels. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. I might need a ride. <laughs> oh, it well, smells be, delicious. Be, before you get a ride anywhere, Kaylee, you got to tell us about what film we're going to be talking about uh, w- with this hefty, decadent beer that we're about to be drinking. I mean, on the note of hefty, this uh, film franchise was actually the rights were purchased for about $400 million. I saw that. that is insanity. So, let's start with that. That is insanity. And we're going to give it to David Gordon Green. <laughs> and we're going <laughs> to give it, which is actually my next note. So this film is directed by David Gordon Green, who is by some being referred to as the legacy sequel specialist Seemingly. after his work on the Halloween trilogy. And, but he had more comedic beginnings with Pineapple Express and Your Highness. Uh, but what is his latest film, a horror hit or a joke? So when a young girl, Angela, and her friends sneak into the woods after school, they get more than they bargained for in an elementary attempt to contact Angela's deceased mother, which starts as a cheap pendulum-led seance, ends with their disappearance and subsequent reappearance days later and far from the woods they delved into, with no memory or concept of how the time was lost or how they got there. In some ways, you could say each girl went into the woods with one friend, but left with a limb of them. Because shortly after the miraculous reappears, they are then classic signs of a good old-fashioned Judeo-Christian demonic possession. <laughs> <laughs> their families, relieved to find them alive, must band together in their forces in an attempt to save both daughters from the devil. With the help of a priest, a failed nun-turned-nurse, an overbearing neighbor, a Haitian former <laughs> oncologist turned shamanistic healer, a gaggle of Baptists, and a non-believer. Not to mention the cameo appearances of none other than the OG exorcist leading ladies. So they say when God closes a door, he opens a window. But if it's the devil that comes knocking, you'd better call the exorcist. <laughs> K- Kaylee, you've dun, just set dun, dun. you've set a new bar That's for right. synopses on beer in a movie <laughs> because you actually put something together. Like <laughs> that was some shit happened. Wow. Uh, uh. Saw. 
I'm, I, can I we feel just, pressure, and can, I was like, I got to Can we just have Kaylee write all the yeah. summaries from now on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Well done. Next, well done. next week on All Horror October, we're doing Josh uh, Home Invasions with Josh DeLeon. So if you could just write up a, uh, a synopsis <laughs> for Hush and Inside. I love Hush. I hate Home Invasion because it scares the shit out of me. Yeah, Way more those, than The Exorcist That, that is freaky will. stuff. Do, do you, I'm, I'm not, I haven't watched these films. I'm kind of worried. Are you, gonna watch, are you going to watch them? Like, you know, because you like she the show. She watched Hush. Watch. You've seen Hush. Yeah. I've are seen you going to watch Inside? In, oh, the, the first film we talked about? No, no Inside no, no. is oh. the second film for next week. Okay, I don't know. And it's French, and it's extreme. Maybe. And no. I, I don't, it's yes, it's a no. lot of, it's 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 a rough one. <laughs> yes, no. um, okay, so uh, growing up, I lived way out in the country. Like, my mom, she, she worked, my dad yeah. worked, and so sometimes I'd be home alone. Like, they didn't neglect me, but I was home alone, yeah. ugly. Yeah, and that. movies like uh, Last House on the Left, mm. we were the last house on our street. We uh -huh. were on the left-hand side. Fuck that. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. It terrified uh. me. People being awful is real. I yeah. don't believe in God, and I don't believe in, in, in monsters. So people scare me way more than yeah. The Exorcist. Hey, does. I'm with, uh, you're you're I'm with you. Freaks Kaylee. me out. I'm with so you know, David. We did The Exorcist uh, back in episode about two forty three. Yeah, that's familiar territory. I have seen Exorcist three. I know that. I did not see Exorcist two. Exorcist three. You. Has got one of the best jump scares of all time in that long hallway scene. That was scene. the one that William Peter Blatty directed. Directed, the yeah. author of the books. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I don't think there's been an Exorcist since, right? There were... Well, no, there have been. And I have not seen these films, but in the 2000s, there were a pair of prequels that were done that are kind of like different versions of the same film. The, the, the first prequel that happened was so terrible. They made a second one called Dominion. Well, what I heard was that – so Paul Schrader – which is, I mean, this is getting into the weeds, and maybe we should say this. Right. But, you know, Paul Schrader, great screenwriter of Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, director, writer behind American Gigolo, The Constant Gardener more recently, um, you know, storied filmmaker. Mm -hmm. He took on that project, this prequel project for The Exorcist. And I believe was shooting it a certain way and kind of had it taken away from him by the studio. They brought somebody else in. They ended up with a version that didn't do very well, mm -hmm. got panned. And they actually then brought Schrader back. It's weird. And allowed him to like recut a version, I think, mm -hmm. that exists called Dominion. Okay. And that one... I think got better reviews, but it already it was like some of the same material. It was, it was still yeah. Skarsgård playing the Seedow character. Mm -hmm. So anyway. I mean, Skarsgård, well, he's got like seven sons, right? Aren't they all like, okay. aren't they all? Well, Alexander and Bill are, yeah. I mean, Bill, hey. Bill's big in the horror. So The Exorcist starts, and we did this back, let me correct myself, yeah, yeah, yeah. episode 245. We did it alongside, uh, alongside Evil Dead Rise. Oh, okay. And so it starts in the Middle East. It, mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. that's when the demon is Iraq released. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pazuzu? Yes, there you go. Pazuzu. It, okay. This movie starts in Haiti. It right. does. Where we see kind of a really cool part of the story, Why which the fuck is were they in Haiti, which is a photographer, uh, his wife dies uh, during a Haitian earthquake. Mm -hmm. And he's given the choice uh, in the Haitian hospital, we cannot save both. Your, right. your your unborn daughter and your and your wife. And we don't know what choice he makes, but fast forward 12, 13 years, however old mm -hmm. the daughter is. He's got is. a daughter She's and 13. not a wife. He's got the daughter, not the wife. I, I appreciated that first part. I don't know how it... I mean, we just went back to Haiti to watch the mom die, right? 
Yeah. There was no because while she is alive and walking around the you know the the, the village hey, or whatever, uh, a little boy takes him where they do a Haitian ritual. Right. Mm-hmm. While she's pregnant, kind of blessing the child, mm-hmm. I would imagine yeah. that's what yeah. that ritual. But I didn't understand if that was supposed to be a, a marker for the later possession. I think it was. It, it or came not. back later. It came back later. Um, I, I hear where you're coming from. It's a different kind of. A, but you know, the prologue for that first exorcist, it took a while for that one to come back too. You, you go a ways into that film before it becomes clear what's going right, on. But, Why did but we? But von Sydow is. In Iraq. Yeah, and right. Now no, we bring back. that character so back. So that I understand. This one was a little more foggy for me. So okay. I, I just didn't understand why they were in, in Haiti to begin with. Like, we know that they're taking pictures, and we mm-hmm. know later on that he's, like, a studio photographer. I think, for me, the beginning, the only thing that really, like, bothered me was, I'm like, why are we in Haiti? Like, mm. if you're, like, nine months pregnant, she was about to pop any minute. Why are you traveling to a third world country? Like yeah. at the, at that at that point in your pregnancy, there's no way. Like it's a good you're not question. Even really to fly I I guess at that I point. guess I assume they had some sort of like family ancestry back there, Maybe. and they wanted to reconnect with it. I but I don't know. I mean, it's never it, it's never said. Just a simple sentence like, "Oh yeah, we got to get back to my auntie's house," right. or like, "Hey, mm-hmm. like." You know, oh, I got to hit this flights deadline. Tomorrow Our flights because tomorrow. You're yeah. almost going to have a baby. Yeah. Or that you're working as an assignment photographer right now just, before just you go into your conservative career as a family photographer. Yes. But they don't know. You're right. Yeah. They do not develop but they, that. But they do acknowledge that he doesn't believe the same that she does. Like she's Christian. And I actually really appreciated that this was in Haiti. Um, mm-hmm. Because a lot of Haitian belief does come from a root in Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Which what for me, and I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later, but... It's really important. Catholicism is super important to the exorcist because, goddammit, we need the Pope to, like, write off on the exorcist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but well, it, is, it's, it's, and it, it is and it isn't. And that's where I actually – Okay. I, I, this is I don't want to get bogged down in the prologue. No, There's I understand. But there, yeah. but there was something about this film. I, You know, I talked about this. I, I rewatched the first film, The Exorcist, okay. with my 13-year-old oh, who, wow. who, who had heard about it and, you know, and thought like, oh, oh maybe amazing. This is how, how did so, the Let Jesus Fuck You scene go? With it was, for real, that would be uncomfortable for Chef's me. Chef's Kiss. She it went loved beautifully. It. No, I, I laughed my ass off. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, t- I warned her going into it, this gets pretty dark. She laughed a lot. Oh. I mean, she, she found the histrionics of the early parts of the film kind of, and eventually, it got to her on a more sort of visceral level and and did upset her but but early on like some mm-hmm. of the stuff that was going on the, like she thought the vomit level was outrageous so i say all this i right. feel like i'm gonna but it actually gave me like some good grounding with the first film and that like you know we tend to put it on this pedestal i and i do i mean i think it's a oh, great yeah. film i think there's lots going for it that, that really makes it great but it's got some silly stuff too Wait, i the mean the first or this one the first one okay cool the, the, the green pea soup puke mm-hmm. that that's coming out like in you know like it's a fountain at times right. is kind of silly and it, and it is over the top and i'm sure it was very shocking and disgusting in in its moment yeah. but now it comes across as a little bit like Oh, that's silly. We do vomit much more real now. Like yeah. we- <laughs> Now it's yellow. It's bile. There like- you go. So we kind of prepped ourselves for that. And in watching it again with her, it dawned on me how much the film actually pokes a hole in the whole like idea that the Catholic Church has the lock on it, right? It's not the Catholic exorcism that actually does away with this demon. Cedow, the one who's doing it by the book, is saying we have to do this very, you know, very methodically, very practically. Mm-hmm. This is the way it's done. What takes the demon out of her? 
him going nuts and beating the shit out of her and then saying like come into me, come into me. And, th- and that's not the thing that's that he's supposed catholic, to do that's, that's not, not the catholic, catholic right. ritual and right. then he commits suicide which is totally not catholic right yeah. it is that unlocked this film for me right. in such an important way and Kayle, and Kaylee, i'm dying to hear what you have to say in this film, when I say we are the world, the, the people that congregate to exercise this demon because the Catholics say, no, we will not, yeah. are a Baptist preacher, uh-huh. and I'm Baptist, so I enjoyed those Baptist scenes mm-hmm. a lot. I mean, they did a pretty good job mm-hmm. yeah. of hypocrisy and glad, glad-handing and oh. a uh, spiritualist, what do we call the... Well, the oncologist turn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's got like herbs it's, in a tub. and It's so hard to find anything about her. I even searched her by her character's name and I couldn't find a single page that described what she was. Right. I only yeah. found, I found one thing mentioning she was Haitian and that was it. Yeah. The Catholic neighbor that goes to the, the Catholic church to say, we need an exorcism. Mm-hmm. And a priest comes and says, they need an exorcism. And then the upper bureaucracy says, nope. No so she's going to be there. The, the priest hands her the, the, mm-hmm. the right book, yeah. R-I-T-E book, and she's going to do the exorcism part. Yeah. And then an agnostic, the father. Yeah. And it's a team of them that kind of combine religions. Or, th- or th- this is such a fucking Captain Planet with our powers. It combined. is. It is. Okay, now Kayla, what were we gonna say? Because I interrupt. I remember that the first film, the majority of the film was was in one place, right? Like the majority of the exorcist in the house. is yeah. in the house. Yeah. It is a bubble. There's there's an entire world going on out there, but holy shit, none of it matters. Everything is in this house, yeah. and it is very Catholic based. I felt like as a non-Catholic person watching it that I was kind of getting this secret look inside like the deepest and darkest and the spookiest <laughs> of Catholicism. And in this one, I was like, I probably went to school with these girls. Like, yeah. okay. So it, when we are the world, like it almost felt, and I don't know how to say it without potentially sounding really bad, but it was, it almost felt pandering at some point. Huh. Like, like, oh, now we're going to bring the Baptist and now we're going to bring this. And, yeah. you know, what has predominantly been a very white cast, like now our leading lady and the father are black. Like, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with the Little Mermaid. I don't care. Recast however you want. <laughs> right. But it just, it felt like there's... It felt like it was doing that too much. It, like, maybe, in service maybe. of, like, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Because um, I, I know that... No, that... I, I mean, I, I understand the questioning of it. I, I understand the, the feeling that it might be. I think I might have been more cool if it was like just the the oncologist or mm. just the Baptist. Like if we're expanding a little bit, but we went from Catholic one, Catholic in the second, Catholic well, but, in the third, fourth and fifth. But, and now everybody. But Reagan and Chris, right? That's that's the Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn uh-huh. is Chris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were not Catholic. They, they, they were never Catholic. And none of their friends were. I mean, like the Catholic, the Catholicism that came in in that first one. And I hear where you're coming from, Kaylee. I'm yeah. not saying that you're wrong, but I mean, you can say I'm wrong. I'll fight you, but I mean, <laughs> no. But no. you know, like she it will. really was like, and and it is. Three it was a deep. funny experience seeing this film because I had just rewatched that the the Exorcist, the first one, the night before we went to go see that. I mean, uh-huh. we watched this at whatever it was, eight nine o'clock that night went to bed woke up i saw a 10 o'clock screening the next morning of this one okay and the way that i had viewed the exorcist the original 1973 right yeah 50 years ago it's 50th anniversary version that time watching it with my 13 year old at you know through kind of fresh eyes again and thinking about like okay what is it oh it's weird to watch these kind of movies with your younger kids because but it, it gave me enough because when i watched it when i was 13 
I was in the Catholic Church. Like yeah. I was brought up in the Catholic mm-hmm. Church. It spooked me on a level that was about my spiritual yeah. being. Like that, that as was, you understood it. Yes. Right. At that time. Right. Since I've gained distance from that, yeah. rewatching it when we did for episode 245, I didn't feel that way anymore. That wasn't like what yeah. that wasn't what I took away from it. Watching it again for this, it took me an even further remove from it where I saw some of this interesting comment. I felt, I feel interesting commentary that it has on that religious question that I had never fully appreciated. As I was saying before, I feel like that film casts more doubt on the idea that Roman Catholicism has some sort of answers or has like tapped into uh-huh. what the sort of metaphysical um, reality is that yeah. we're all dealing with and was more talking about how it's no, it's like these traumas that were, you know, it's this man, you know, the Karis, that, that Father Karis here in, in, the, the, in original the original film, mm-hmm. who's tortured by this failure of a son, right? Not living up to what was needed for his mother and mm-hmm. like, and sort of falling short of that. And it becomes this demon that he has to contend with in his own way. Yeah. And, whether or not you believe this demon is real, like he has the real demon of that weighing on him. And that's not something that Catholicism can help him with at all. Uh-huh. And he ends his life. And that's the only thing that sort of ends that pain for him and maybe exercises that pain from this young girl. So I saw it in such a different way. This film coming in and making, I think you're right, Joe, This it, it's not hiding it. This film is trying to say like, no, it takes a village to exercise a demon, uh-huh. right? We we don't. It's not about the Roman Catholics. It's, it's not about the Baptists. Not Roman it's Catholics not here. about the yeah. You know, it's not about the uh, voodoo priestess. It's not about it's. It's about us coming together and recognizing that there are these kind of ills amongst us. Did the, and trying to find the way out of those? Did the spiritualist, the mm-hmm. oncologist turned yes. spiritualist, who's using herbs and yeah, know, was she Jesus? Uh, was, she, was she pro Jesus? Because otherwise, she did. The, she mentioned everyone's pro Jesus. Very Haitian, right? So, um, and it, and this might be like my own like personal bias coming into the film. I'm really interested in Haitian culture. Yeah. Um. So my dad did mission work in Haiti oh. when, um, before I was born, like before he was with my mom. Okay. Um. So he would he would tell us stories all the time, and same with India. So maybe that's why I'm interested in the in the first film oh, you guys yeah. discussed. Um, actually, all three of our films are, are are foreign based. I guess if we if we really look at it that way. But my point. dad was telling me about uh, when they were in Haiti. He was telling me about you know, all the different things, but he was also telling me about the you know the rituals sure. and things like yeah, that yeah, because yeah. he was going there as a Christian missionary. Uh-huh. And Serpent in like, the rainbow. I've seen it. So I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I want to I want a film point. I'm looking at my finger and putting a point on the board. <laughs> um, so he would tell me about about that stuff growing up. So it does have a a, a Catholic base. <laughs> it's Catholicism, um, African practice, and then like a couple other things mixed in. And that's really how you get. I mean, that's how you get Louisiana too. If you look at <laughs> right, if you right, look it's at true. Marie Laveau, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gumbo, and I use that word on purpose. I interviewed Brom Stoker's granddaughter, and that was one of the discussions. Really? We had. Yeah. Hey, I'm cool sometimes. Wow. Um, <laughs> Kaylee, let's 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 get the record straight <laughs> here. On. You are cool one hundred percent of the time, and a, and occasionally you do something that hey. shoots you into the stratosphere that we just yeah. can't even You're good fathom. Enough. You're smart enough. Hey. <laughs> we, we were discussing Marie Laveau, and we were discussing yeah. her practices and how some of it's based on Catholicism and some of it's voodoo. Anyway, I think Haitian uh, theology is 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 just fascinating yeah. to me. Um, so maybe I was just missing a little bit more of you that. You feel like it was – I, no, I will totally agree. 
I don't think that was developed very well. It was just like, hey, we're in Haiti. Oh, she's dead. Oh, now we've got a Haitian, you know, shaman style woman doing shit. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's the story I wanted. Chris from the original film, Ellen Burstyn, returns. Yes. Yes. Because it was a waste of a. I I agree with Kaylee. I think that they disserviced her. It's like. She's here from the original in the trailer that She's totally bad. worked for me. Here it did not because she is blinded. Which is fine. Which is fine. She could have been blinded. But then like it's like her whole thing being involved is wasted in my opinion. Why? I just want to know why the fuck I'm cussing so much in this but episode. No, okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we're but in the third segment. I didn't, I didn't ask for permission this time, and I think that's the first. But um, <laughs> no, she just shows up and she starts trying to exercise it herself in the upstairs. I'm like, ma'am, what gave you the qualifications? Like she wrote a book. Somebody wrote that book for her and she signed it. That's a good point. Probably you're right. I don't. I felt like not. I, I didn't feel <laughs> like Ellen Burstyn was wasted. I feel like the character Chris Aww. was wasted. Yes, yes. Because she's not involved in the exorcism ultimately at all. In fact, she's. But bo- she was involved in the first exorcism no i know but we're gonna bring her back as the as the badass legacy character here she explains distanced from reagan reagan and her have a very traumatic relationship as we can imagine you didn't buy that 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 was bullshit okay and so reagan's not around she doesn't even know where reagan is or lives they don't although the the fact that she left it open i knew that that was coming i didn't i knew that was coming well let's just fast forward to the very end scene the exorcism has occurred. The little girl said both little girls seem to be on their way to no, recovery. One what? of them. The one died. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> a choice needed to be did made. Did we see the same movie? No, we did. It's just I've seen a lot of horror movies. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, a choice needed to be made. Yeah. Oh, that was so fucked up. I loved that part it, though. Yeah. yeah, me too. And the dad well, was like, I love it. Exactly. So the, the the demon expresses that they need to make a choice. That what? So, so you know, we haven't even talked. It's funny how, how we, we haven't even talked about, about this, the but, demon. You know, basically the idea is that both girls get possessed within in the forest and come back, and they're both possessed by this demon, and they're kind of dealing with it separately. The families bring them together. They're trying to exercise it, and they're told through the girls. This demon tells them that they're going to have to choose one of them to live, one of them to die. Like, they will release one of them, but they're going to take the other one down. A choice that the husband had to make in Haiti. Right. But Which we haven't found well, out how he chose we know you, you're right. right they had set that up in the prologue but you know most are you audiences save your are probably, daughter unborn daughter or are you yeah. gonna save your wife right and, th- and that gets thrown back in his face and the, you know the so, demon so that, you chose the wife you which, didn't even choose your daughter right. was that that's a lie right. or was that the truth i think it was the truth that was the truth okay it, yeah i i took it as the truth yeah i took it yeah. as the truth because he didn't he didn't deny it at all he's like yeah i fucking chose my wife i love but her. when the choice is made the demon is duplicitous you cannot trust the demon mm. the demon lays out a choice the demon is going to tell you the wrong parameters of that choice when you choose the one girl to live that's the one they're going to take and the other one's going to be the one and the father seems to know that and the mother of the other girl seems to their baptist family seems or to she's know unwilling too. to make the choice i'm not making a choice right. i'm not making a i'm choice. not going to choose one the husband the has become impotent during the entire thing yeah uh, a big crisis of faith for him i think which i didn't not appreciate i did appreciate but then he whispers from the other room, I choose my daughter, I choose my daughter, and then that daughter dies. Okay, so today at Saw, um, I got the subtitle We reader. saw that together at the theater. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Did you see the, the device that I had that went I my I didn't understand over? what that was. Um, so I 
was making the joke as we were leaving. I'm like, yeah, I'm like Velma. I can't hear without my subtitles. Uh, so today I asked the people, I'm like, hey, can I get one of those subtitle readers? Um, because I do, I lose so much stuff because I'm so, I've, I've become dependent on subtitles. Yeah. And it was You watch great. them at home all the time? All the time. Okay, I got you. Also, I've got a five-year-old and he will read. Sometimes I'll mute it and he'll just read the words. Okay. <laughs> um, so not, it's not educational. That's it's, nice. It's not lazy nice. parenting. It's no, I get it. Yeah. Um, so I tried that out because when I went to see this movie, there was a scene. I didn't understand what they said. And I think some weird shit was going down at the Baptist house because when she starts to turn, the dad is like almost incoherently talking about how they're being punished and he's confessing what he what they're oh, being punished what? for. I don't know. I don't. They're I like looking for up. the brother or something. They're like, oh, who's here? And like the mom and the other kids are like huddled yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. And he's just like, we're being punished. We're being punished. And he said something and I couldn't hear what it was. And I'm like, holy shit, are they abusing their children? Uh. Did this little girl get abused? Like, so then uh. the rest of the movie and then he's like, no, I'm choosing my daughter. And it was. It's a lot. I'm going to rewatch it only for the, yeah. Only for he the is carrying a weight that I did not completely understand. And and I think they mention it, and I think it's in that oh, scene interesting. because I, I I lost it too. And I mean huh. I and I could be totally off, so I'm going to okay. I'm going to say that like I could be totally wrong. He may not have been abusing his children, but there's just like a oh my gosh, we're being punished. This is happening because something else happened, mm-hmm. and I want to watch it with subtitles because I want to know. What's but see, that was my other issue with the film. When I bring up the Haiti thing. If you watch Exorcist enough times, you figure out why Reagan gets chosen, if you will, by a, a demon because of the Ouija board and yeah, what had been unleashed in Iraq wow. and, mm-hmm. and and okay, the figurine lands at their house somehow. I mean, there there is causal yeah, whatever. I, I, you know, go ahead. You've seen it. You've seen it the most recent. I got. I gotta say, like. It, it, I don't feel like there's anything ironclad in any. Okay. I mean, they, like I hear what you're saying. There's enough like little breadcrumbs left there that you can follow that trail if you want to. I think Friedkin did it all on purpose. The yes. uh, the idea of like demon released in Iraq, Washington D.C. Ouija board. W- weren't there a few Ouija boards being used in Europe? Yeah, like when was it was a, crossing but, over the. But there was the, that little I mean, figurine though. That that was the thing oh, that the, the fig- demon was in. The figurine, okay, yeah, right. Yeah. Here it's just they go the do a little fun seance in the woods, and the demon yeah. grabs onto them. And like a weird is it sister? the same demon? I don't know. That bugged me too. Grabs onto the two of them. Yeah, and it's like, why thirteen-year-old girls all the time? Aren't there? Because uh, they're impressionable, and they're also getting their first blood. About that time, like when when you look into Rambo, like, uh, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I am with yeah. You now. No, I mean, I think I think that that if you look at, at at a lot of the scary stories that involved young girls, yeah, a lot of it is about thirteen because that's when you're entering womanhood, you're getting yeah. your first period. Um, like hormones are weird. I honestly would have been way cooler with this movie if it wasn't an Exorcist film. Huh. If this was not a continuation of the Exorcist story, yeah. if this would have just been like these two girls got possessed, they went out in the woods, they were fucking around, they found yeah. out, now they're possessed. <sighs> I would have been, I would have been better with that. I also would have been better if they weren't possessed and they were just faking it. Because if you go back through history, Ooh. there are so I like, many I like that instances concept. where young girls pretend like they're sure. they're oh, and i can't remember the name of there there's these girls um i think they were called like the wasting girls oh, and they yeah. they were like i haven't eaten in months and i'm sustained only by the power of prayer but they, really they were eating in secret they were eating at night they were eating when everyone was asleep yeah. but they were getting so sick and they were wasting away and they started having like mental instability because mm. they're, they're malnourished at that point yeah i don't know what i would have done better to make this a better exorcist film if this were just a standard possession film, they wouldn't have been possessed. It would have been the priest or the neighbor or someone mm. else that was acting normal. But 
duplicitous the fasting girls the fasting girls mm-hmm. okay wasting okay fasting yeah, we're on sense. the same track yeah. that is a repeating it's almost like a mass hysteria phenomenon yeah you've also got i mean i know i, I bring up the beast of javedon a lot <laughs> because like it's one of my favorite stories it's a werewolf story from france and basically everybody was having the same hallucination because their hay was getting moldy the bacteria that was growing was is, causing is everyone what, to trip is balls. Is what dream scenario is going to be about? I don't know, but I've seen that trailer 25 times. Though. <laughs> I, I think you just crystallized everything for me, Kaylee. Uh, my biggest problem with this is that it is in the exorcist franchise. I think I would, but have I'm not going to go see the Pope's more. exorcist for reasons unknown. It just didn't seem like the exorcism of Emily Rose. I haven't seen Saw that one. The idea that these are, it's almost like this trope, and this is the latest film in the trope. Yeah. And because it's an exorcism or a demon possession, we can get really weird and show you crazy things. This one, I guess that's why I think that Chris was so underutilized because mm-hmm. outside of her presence and seeing Ellen Burstyn from the she first film, she didn't do anything. No. Yeah. She just got blinded. Yeah. I, I, and made I was so go, disappointed with screen. this movie. I was I, so disappointed with this I, movie. I know I'm in the vast no minority no with this film. But <laughs> I, yes way. Yes okay. way. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes way too. You're not I, wrong. You're just. No, I mean, I'm just who I am. And, and this is how I found this film very satisfying. I enjoyed this film on many levels. Coming into it as I did, having just rewatched The Exorcist and thinking about how it really wasn't about like, again, it for me, it was like an ep- an epiphany in the sense that I had finally gotten far enough from my Catholic upbringing that I was feeling this kind of like, oh, that film wasn't actually sort of like reifying the, mm-hmm. the Catholic faith. It was actually casting some doubt in it. And it, like Karis had to do something outside of his faith to end the thing yeah that was the message of the film but it had been lost on me for not 50 years but for you know 30 ish years i'm yeah i'm 45 but you know like, but, but, you know, like years. so 28 years maybe i saw it like you know but whatever it was and then this film coming in and showing me like yeah this isn't about a specific religion having the the sort of you know um, ownership the code mm-hmm. uh having cracked the code on what spiritual reality is this is about there is evil out there in the world that inhabits us sometimes and that it can like take this kind of it can have this pervasive influence and that if we come together and we're able to kind of disregard i love the message of the film and what it was doing and and what you're saying joe maybe was a little ham-fisted about like bringing these like you know the baptist and the catholics i think and the, you gotta do something different and i don't mind what they did I, to me that was the thing that i needed out of the franchise after that first film to get me to a point where i'm like okay this is an interesting realm to explore because it's maybe not about possession in the sense that there are these demons that work in a Christian, you know, sort of Judeo-Christian mm-hmm. sort of framework, that it's about there is pervasive evil out there and that we tap into it sometimes and that like to pull ourselves out of it, we need to pull together and and, and kind of recognize these things. What helped sell it for me here, Leslie Odom Jr., I think was fantastic yeah. in this film. Yeah. I loved almost every second he was on the screen. I thought that he was doing an, an amazing job. We could have cut like three characters and just had more of him. I Okay, maybe. I like how they used Chris. I think Chris was the conduit to show us that, yes, even a non-believer can ag- acknowledge that there is this kind of 
evil that goes beyond what is controllable by just a person themselves and needs to and and needs to bring more people into the equation. And so I liked that she was the conduit for that in this film. I loved when Linda Blair showed up at the end. Okay, yeah, we didn't it, talk about that. Yeah, we haven't. Where where she grips her mother, you know, like yeah, an, blind. In, who's blind and is not that tells you, her Victor? that she's there. No, it's me. And I, I yeah, I, I elbowed whoever I was with. I was like, okay, here we go. Yeah, this is and, gonna be Linda and, Blair. And I love that. And I love the stage that it sets for them to become a presence. And we're gonna have at least a couple more films, most likely. Although it looks like David Gordon Green's will uh, not be directing them. Pro- probably not. But I do think this is a case where, like, look, what he did with Halloween. I, we need to talk about this. Sure. What he did with Halloween, I think, with the first one was admirable. I think I think he brought a film fine. franchise <laughs> that – no, a film franchise fine. that had lost its way. Whatever you want to say about it, it had sure. gone off in various directions. Yeah. Brought it back to its origins and Ooh. tried to tell a story yeah. about wh- where would that lead us You now, know, 30 years right. later or whatever. Right. You know. Grown-up Laurie Strode, what does this look like? I think I think that was a, uh, an interesting exercise. Exorcise? Exorcise. I think he does something similar here. I think that they did a better job, they being he and his uh, you know screenwriting collaborators here, including Danny McBride. Um, well, at least he gets story credit. I think something like, but yeah, that they did a better job of disrupting the mythology enough with this first film that they actually set a stage for some interesting things to happen in the next couple films where I think what happened with that Halloween trilogy that they did is that they were so close to the first one in the beginning and it was just like an excitement and seeing like another version of Halloween yeah. happen that they didn't really set themselves up to do more with and that and diminishing returns and, the, and then they everyone. and then they when they felt like okay what do we do with this thing then they scrambled and they ended up doing what they did and I think it was it was too much too quickly here I think they did a little too much too quickly to begin with but I think they're setting themselves up for better stuff to come to me, I know everybody else is seeing this film differently than I am, but I came out of this film really enjoying it and feeling like this was a worthy installment in the Exorcist franchise where I have not seen I have not seen those prequels that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. I did see the second one way back in the day after I'd seen the first awful. one, and it was pretty bad. Even week? then, I kind of recognize it as, oh, this is like a weird, scattered yeah. kind of mess situation. The third one, I remember having some positive yeah, feelings it's, about. It's got good but, stuff in it. But nonetheless, I was happy to see this happen. There was also a series, a TV series oh, yeah. in there. It got point, which I did not see, but mm-hmm. two seasons. I mean, that's... You know. yeah. I mean... Um, this is my... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Say, this is my second favorite of the three that we've watched with It Lies... So It, it, lives, it lives Inside, inside is the worst is for the, you? the worst yeah. of the three. I'm going to give this uh, – it got such bad reviews at the very oh. beginning. And then I was like, well, hold on a second. This might be a backlash. I'm going to go in not reading one negative yeah. review before I go. And I was more negative than positive, yeah. although I did enjoy some of the things they tried to do, including bringing in some more different not, – not not very many, but a couple of other world religions or yeah. uh, what, what will we call the spiritualism aspect of it. Yeah. Pagan, I think you which, said which, earlier. Which, but, I do, which I did like, I mean, to be yeah. clear. Didn't mind it because that's – in that woman's mind, these are things that might be able to help. And we're just like shooting darts at a board yeah. at this point. We like don't it, know what to do. I communicated maybe a little bit differently or explained <laughs> yeah. a little and better. I did, the, the, the thing that really backs up your uh, uh, initial point, Dave, David, that the Catholics don't have, you know, dominion over this, this yeah. is the, the priest comes in 
Yeah. He's sitting in his car, like just praying. And <laughs> he's been told you may not go in. The fight's in. inside. And then all of a sudden he comes in like a superhero, all decked out yeah, in, yeah, in the yeah. priest garb with the purple thing. Oh, I was him. worried that was going to turn into him like saving the day there. I was, I, I was worried. I yeah. Out. yeah, here we go. Yeah. Now the real power is it? No, he gets his neck broke in a. <laughs> that was my favorite part. In a, uh, a homage, probably to the head spinning. Yeah, to the head yeah. Spin. of his head spinning, but it doesn't go well for him, and <laughs> and he's dead. Yeah, we. Um, so I actually saw this movie with your recent guest Ronnie uh, from oh, Corpus Christi right. Horror. We, yeah. Uh, oh, y'all went together. Yeah. Oh, so we're in a little group chat, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go see the Exorcist." She's like, oh, "I'm gonna go see it tonight." I'm like, "I'll be your girlfriend. Let's go." So we sat next to each other. She got my ticket, so I got her popcorn just like I did with Joe. So apparently I just date everybody. And um, so we I think we were the only ones laughing like kind of consistently through the Mm -hmm. film. Um, the only part that actually scared me, which is a side note, uh, when that snake popped out of the water. Oh, it was such a shitty jump scare. It and, was so shitty. And it's, I was just like, I what the fuck? Yeah, I jumped. I was so mad. It because, was so cheap. Because then the rest of it, I, I I mean, I guess. It's not a scary movie. Having a couple jump scares early on had me a little on edge for like 30 minutes. Like, yeah. okay, are Here we about come, to jump? Like, like okay, the, the tub is filled with this icky water. She's going to be in the water. She's going to jump out of the water. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. There were a couple tricks with the camera where I thought there was about to be a jump because like um i remember distinctly there was one on her bed mm-hmm. and they kind of like swoop up like you're about to just reveal yeah. this and there's nothing there but we also see the demon a couple times in the in the film and i don't remember seeing the demon in um the first yeah movie? it shows up br- brief like in the bed when they're doing the exorcism there's yeah. like that classic yeah, and yeah, I, yeah i think um i guess to kind of revisit the point because now i'm just on a yeah. tangent my, my problem with catholics not being the the be all end all yeah. thing here is that the only reason I bought it in the first movie was because I went into this movie accepting the reality. The Catholics believe in demonic possession. They're the ones to handle this. Yeah. That was the rule. When when I watch spooky movies, when I watch horror films, like there are rules that the monsters abide <laughs> by. And when they fail to abide by those rules, it loses a believability for me. It, it kind of takes it out That's of the realm. why I like realm. you so much. I'm a rule follower. I'm a rule things. follower. Yeah, in these things I am. And so for me, like, okay, this is a Catholic horror film because this is possession. Yeah. I did not grow up Catholic. My mom worked at Catholic Charities. I don't think that counts. But it didn't follow the rules. Yeah. And I think that's probably my biggest gripe. Oh, my final note, it was really fucking annoying that her name was Angela. Why? Because it's Angel. And oh, she's the one that got yeah, possessed. Yeah, yeah. And the sure. other one's Catherine, which is one of the big saints for young women and purity. All right. Um, yeah. Well, it's and, probably very intentional then. Well, you know, yeah. it's still annoying. <laughs> <laughs> my second kid was intentional I, I, and he's annoying. <laughs> I was disappointed with this one. I came straight home and Googled David Gordon Green. I looked at his whole filmography. Uh. Um, you know, the last four movies he's made, of course, are these horror legacy yeah. films. I didn't uh, watch any of them. I watched the set. Alongside episodes of The Righteous Gemstones. Let, uh, let's, well, let's be clear. Okay, listen. I saw Pineapple. Every dog has his day because those Righteous Gemstones are outstanding. And Danny McBride and him have got some kind of hard on for Baptist oh, religion. Yeah, sure. That well, I they're was, from the South. That really. I was very happy showed up here. I was yeah. very pleased with the Baptist scenes. Buddy mm-hmm. in the blood. Buddy in the blood. Buddy in the blood. I didn't like that one so much. I thought that was just pedantic. It was just pedest it was I didn't like that one. Yeah. Uh it, that was just shocking. See, I liked that scene. Did you? But I, I also used to so have when the to girl is communion. possessed, but they take her to church and then she goes well, off. I didn't know she was possessed at the time. They had to know something was up. She wasn't acting well, yeah, right. She, they thought she got like kidnapped and that homeless guy was putting his hot dog 
through his hands <laughs> talking about what he would have done to the girls. Yeah, that was a no, that no. was the scare. Honestly, that was the scare. That, that, that was yeah. I was disappointed, me. but David, you uh, found a lot there. I did. Okay, I did. Uh, but I'm I'm, I'm he, glad. I, he sounds so reluctant. I, no, I mean I I'm I'm owning it. I'm embracing it. I'm I'm saying to the listeners that this is a film that I found value in, and that. Uh, I think if you go into The Exorcist with the right frame of mind that you may actually find a lot in. But that said, I recognize that that I'm a minority here. I, I am just uh, one voice uh, screaming into the void here while yeah. everybody else is talking about how terrible this film is. Yeah. I wonder if the girls got taken, if they were ever taken down to Hades. And if well, so, they, did they travel the river? They, that was the they assumption, that they right? Do, they, yeah. they do a flashback or like a flash into like the un, an under of some right. kind where uh, I think it's right before Catherine dies. Yeah. She's back down in the water and the thing's coming after her. Mm-hmm. So that, that was another one of my, that right. breaks the rules. That's not, that's not. Right. Well, and I, and I think, you know, where, where you were saying, Joe, like where, where does the Haiti thing come in? Like it does flash while he is thinking about when that whole situation is going down with the, um, you know, the, the other father choosing his daughter mm-hmm. and all that happening. You get the flash of Haiti and the blessing that was put upon her and the idea that to me where that where that sort of locked in was the idea that a blessing that was freely given and not because somebody was some part part of some intricate kind of like ritual like this was just freely given to this woman based on her being a mother and that these people were wanting that birth to be a positive thing that that was an actual blessing versus I am of this faith and I am following these rules and I get a blessing and blah, 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 blah. That I loved. I, that was a moment that I felt like was really wonderful. Angela survived because they had to give something back. I just had a whole revelation. Okay, so when they're in Haiti, mom dies. He didn't choose it, but the mom dies, right? right. When they're in the graveyard, because in the moment stuck with me because I have girlfriends that I take out um, on like we go on Saturday adventures a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I have some girlfriends that are into like more witchy stuff. And when they take stuff from the forest, when they take they pine put cones, stuff back, yeah. they pour honey on the ground. And it's uh, like, yeah, you, I'm taking, you, but I'm giving, I'm taking, but I'm giving Yeah, that other family never gave anything. That man gave his wife, That's right. whether it was a choice or not, he lost his wife and he got his daughter. Yeah. So did she survive because he gave back? Does that follow the ideology that she's practicing? I don't know. Maybe I like Does it make a difference? <laughs> I mean, I okay. I don't love this film, but it was it was enough that I like. I'm going to watch it again just so I can watch it with subtitles. Um, I don't. <laughs> I'm know. curious to watch that with subtitles. I'm not sure if I'm interested enough to see the rest of the trilogy if the trilogy comes to be. Unless you guys invite me back for like two or three. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. We see. We we have watched all three of those. Danny, uh, Dan, uh, Gordon, the, Green, yeah, we Danny did Gordon them. We Green did them. On These the ones show. are going to be more spaced out. I think the next one doesn't come until 2025. Okay. Is what they're saying. All right. So, well, yeah. we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see. see if we're still we'll see who the director in is. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. So I brought up the. Well, do they go back down into hell just to bring up Cockytus? Yeah. Um, and y'all missed that. And we oh, had sorry, Joe. No, it's sorry. fine. Fine. Take hey, us la- down that river. Take us down that river. <laughs> well, I, you took us down this river. You brought these, David, and they were delicious. Another one, second on the episode I, for Martin House. I what, like this. What do you think? <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you please, please. I think I've poured like four at this point. <laughs> <laughs> See, to me, I I have a reservation on this one, but but I want you to say nice things about it, please. Okay, hold on. It doesn't hurt my jaw. First good, thing, yeah. good. Does kind of smell like dog food and soy sauce. I don't know. <laughs> 
I'm not getting either <laughs> of those two. Dog food and soy. No, I get the soy sauce, but the dog food and soy sauce. I, I, I like this beer a lot, so I, you gotta. I definitely get the soy sauce. And, and I, I had I had beer in my mouth. I couldn't it, defend myself. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have you ever gotten like cheap dog food that has a lot of grain sure, in it? Yeah, no, it's I'm got sure. a lot of grain. Yeah, you can almost yeah, smell like yeah, that yeah. molasses yeah. kind of. No, taste I do. To it. But the that, smell yeah. of a feed store. Yeah, it smells got like you. a feed store, or like you know. <laughs> I don't know. That's the first thing that popped. No, in my that's head. good. No, but, but <laughs> I, I mean, but it's like, but it's that mixed with soy. But at the beginning, you, I thought you were going to say you like this. I did, but okay. I mean, occasionally, like, I'll eat dog treats for a shock factor. So I don't know. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Oh, you're a horrible guest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never invited back. Oh, the, no, I like that's that. the limit. I'm not smelling dog food at all. <laughs> Uh, I am enjoying this beer very much. I don't enjoy it quite as much as the coconut that we had, but let's not compare the two because they weren't meant to be compared. I'm going to take yeah. you to a feed store and tell me you don't smell this. No, I, I love a good feed store. I love the odor of a feed store. I know I know a feed store. <laughs> I know the odor of a oh, feed store. Oh, hell yeah, because I would go buy chicken food all of the time. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I like this one very much. Um, very much. I like the ABV on this very much because it's one of those hidden ABVs. Oh no, how much is this one? This was 13.9. Oh shit. Yeah, but listen, it's hidden and I like that when they yeah, hide the ABV that. rather than hit you over yeah, the head yeah, with yeah, the alcohol. Yeah, I will uh, agree there. So David, why don't it you give us come this? off as totally boozy. For me, I was getting a little bit more of the soy uh, me too. that that Kaylee but was saying. But not negative for me. It I got, love Chinese food. I think, <laughs> hey, I like Chinese food. But to me, the nose on this was good. Like the initial sips, fine, but once it sits on my palate a little bit, right. it does turn a little bit more into just straight soy sauce, and then it feels a little like ugh, too much. I, I I I want it to die down. I want it to go away like that other one Am did. Am I supposed that to hold had. the beer in my mouth for a while? No, no, no. I'm talking about once I've swallowed it. Just oh, okay. Like the taste like, that lingers in my mouth. I was like, is this like when you take a hit and you're supposed to hold your breath? What? <laughs> Is that what I'm supposed to? Am I drinking beer the that. wrong way? I didn't inhale, I promise. No, it's 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 more just like the the aftertaste oh, okay, that, gotcha. that kind of hangs around yeah. that that I'm feeling like it's a little bit more than I want it to be. Yeah. But that said, I mean, the thirteen point nine percent is definitely there. I am feeling it right now. You know, I think that if you're going to make it down to the underworld. Maybe you need something this fortified to, to kind of get you through. So so this probably makes sense. But to me, this is a little too much. We just watched Hercules the other day. So my brain just went to the muses going like, down in the underworld. <laughs> and yeah, I can feel that. Okay. Joe, what do you think? I, I like this beer yeah. very yeah. much, but yeah. um, I just took another sip. And yeah, you know, that soy sauce. What is that? Because that's the second time in a month that soy sauce has been a, an, an aroma yeah. and a flavor that we've talked about, but not in a negative way, like when sometimes those um, no, a lot of imperial stouts, stouts will get, get some there. oxygen yeah. and they go bad and you got a soy saucy flavor. It can uh, get worse. It's not that bad. It's no, not, no, no, It's not to no. the point where I feel like this is a spoiled Tainted, beer. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I liked this. I liked all three of our beers. Mm -hmm. I liked most of our movies. I think this has been a stellar episode. And yeah. clearly, I was just kidding. You're one of my favorite guests. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was going to call you out because you didn't tell me I was your favorite in the intro. I'm trying to get away from that. Oh, as a bit. Oh. Yeah. Can I tell you who the number one uh, featured guest is? Haley Amandias. That's right. Yeah. So that means something. Liar. Okay. <laughs> this is, uh, we'll this save it for this after, after hours. This after hours is going to be fun. 
And After Hours is the place where we congregate after the episode at patreon.com slash Podcast, and we invite you. It's a very small monthly fee, but my God, these are so much fun because we've already had tonight three beers, and this conversation is just going to go wherever it goes. But that's not the only place you can find us. It's Instagram, it's Facebook, it's X, but not so much. Uh, you can be here at com, where you can find little collected assemblies of different films and episodes that we've done including all of the all horror october so go check that out and our merch store is there you can get yourself a mug or a t-shirt and i know that if you haven't done that you're going to do that immediately mm-hmm. you have just listened to another all horror episode of beer in the movie it was my one year anniversary on the show yeah oh that's yeah, right it was all horror october. we met you at all horror october yes. last year when we did the legend of boggy creek and uh creature from the black lagoon Creature from the black lagoon our cryptid episode happy anniversary guys oh well, next week is our home it doesn't invasion seem like, it seems like it's been yeah i've seen feels like i've known you for five years i know Jeez. easily we're just besties we got a lot to talk about it's until next time what? you've only been gone wait no 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 okay <laughs> Oh, that ABV is hitting. Here we go. Here we go. Um, well, I was thinking because the, the the misrecognition of time, like you've been gone for three hours. No, it's been three days. Not yet. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I thought I knew Kaylee for five years. It's only, it's been, only one. been one. Exactly. Until next time. I still have a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh,